You can forgive the bad quality of the food because of the high quality of the appetizers and the fact that it's freaking Friday there every day. Anyway, welcome to the program. Happy Glorious Friday to you. Hopefully, hopefully you have something awesome planned this weekend. We'll get you to it as informed and as quickly as possible. But first, we want to get you there with a laugh, too, at patreon.com slash Podcast or DerekHunter.Locals.com, where you can get the Week in F and Review in all its glory. And you also get the uh, book contest this week. Who the hell is it? It's Ivanka Trump, I think, versus Mike Huckabee. I don't know where they're sitting. The books are somewhere. Yes, it is. Ivanka Trump versus... God. Anyway, yes, it's Ivanka Trump versus Mike Huckabee, both autographed. One is going out the door. All the other books are out the door, by the way. So if you've won a book recently, it's in the mail. Uh, it took a long time. Sorry about that. All right. So, yes, please support the program and have yourself an amazing weekend. But before we get to that weekend, let's start the show. Before we get started, I'm looking at my email, and I see this thing from AT&T. Congratulations, Derek. You're pre-approved for an upgrade. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I don't use AT&T, so I'm not really sure how I could upgrade anything with their service. The emails that these companies send out, I don't know how dumb the people are who send them, but they have to be pretty damn dumb. Great news, Derek. You're pre-approved. Visit us in-store to learn how to get a free Samsung Galaxy S23. Trade in any Galaxy phone, any year, any condition. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I've never, never used an Android phone in my life. I've never used a Samsung phone, anything. And I love it. It says, trade in any year, any condition. And then in the really fine print, it's right under it says, requires trading of Galaxy Note S or Z series smartphone. So, I mean, like, not any phone. Any phone, any year, just, you know, I mean, not, not really any phone. You think about how, how we've become dumber as a society. I'm trying to think of a nice way to put this. How we've become dumber as a society. And you can tell a lot by the marketing materials that we use. Now, it's always been advertisers try to appeal to the lowest common denominator. Why? Because it makes sense. You catch everybody, all right? If the, if the slogan is particularly catchy or stupid or whatever, whatever they're selling is stupid, you're going to catch the, the dumb, dumb people. Not talking about you, but dumb people, they... Uh, they spend money, too. They buy products, too. But it seemed to stop. There seemed to be a bottom at which they go, all right, well, if we go to, if we do this thing, it's going to insult the intelligence of, of, of everybody else. Now it's gone. It's, no more, it's more prevalent in political fundraising than anything else. you got to love these. Th- I get all sorts of Democrat emails. It is uh, really fun. There's a, I was thinking of this yesterday. There's a woman called Laura Carlson. Now, if you don't know who the hell Laura Carlson is, you're not alone. I think some people related to Laura Carlson don't know who the hell Laura Carlson is. She is the chief digital officer of the Democratic Governors Association. 
And again, you're sitting there going, who, what, why? And you're right to do so. But she's, they send out emails under this person's name and you're sitting there going, who the hell goes, ooh, I can't wait to see what Laura Carl. I don't think Laura Carlson even gets on TV. But there's an animated gif or jif of, of Laura Carlson at the top of it. Yeah, I don't know. She looks like... It, she looks like what happened to Marsha Brady in like the early 90s. If Marsha Brady was a teenager in the early 70s. It's just, you know, she's there. Straight hair. Big glasses. Aged. And her email, and the, the gif says, I need your help. Will you chip in to elect Democratic governors? And she's just mouthing. It's just a nonstop loop gif of whatever the hell Laura Carlson is doing. But I, the stupidity is not just in thinking that people go, ooh, that important email from Laura Carlson or that Laura Carlson has emailed me personally. It's not some giant mass emailing that everybody who's on this list gets. It's it's Laura sending me. This is, hi, Derek. Oh, wow, it's like she knows me. It's Laura. So I could respond and say, hey, hey, Laura, what's up? Except the email it came from is info at democraticgovernors.org, which is, you know, not any human being's email address. It's computer generated. But that's not even the dumb part. Each letter seems to get dumber. The fur, hey, Derek, the first end of quarter deadline of 2023 is just days away, and we're reviewing our fundraising numbers. I knew I had to reach out. Oh, you did? Good. Well, why do you want to get grab a drink sometime, grab some dinner, get together with family? And see, no, because honestly, I was surprised to see that you hadn't stepped up to help us meet our biggest goal of the election cycle so far. I mean, the election cycle is two years ago away, that one? And you were, you were surprised. You were surprised to see that I hadn't helped you. Now, I've never helped you. I would never help you if you were hanging off the edge of a building, crying for me to help pull you up. I might have to go, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about it for a second. Just hold on. Let me Let me flip a coin here really quick. So the fact that they have access to all the records and they can see that I have never given a penny to any of these people, that I've really just signed up to mock their stupidity, might be a clue that maybe you don't send people like, because there are a lot of people who just end up on their lists and you send them an email saying, hey, I can't help but notice you didn't step up to help me so far. Now, if you've never signed up and you've never helped them before, you're one of our top donors. Huh. I think people know who the, to whom they've given money. If anybody. So if you get an email that says, you haven't helped us yet. Uh, again, you're one of our top donors. And you've never donated. You might go, this this person, this is a scam. This is Even dumb people would theoretically catch on to the fact that uh, this is a scam. But it's not. That means they just plow through it. That tells me that they look at their donors as even dumber than anybody might imagine their dumb donors being, right? Like if you you look at this and you say, this is an insult to the intelligence of dumb people, and yet they do it. That tells you that they think, yeah, but they're dumb people, and then they're really dumb people, and we've got a lot of really dumb people. This is going to work. This is going to bring in some money. 
<laughs> she was honestly surprised. Oh, my God. If we fall short this Friday, it could put us behind at a time when we're helping Democratic campaigns build the infrastructures they need to win this November. Now, there are very limited gubernatorial elections in 2023. I don't even, I can't think of any around here, but I'm sure somewhere out there. I know that Virginia does their, Maryland does theirs on odd years. Virginia does theirs on, well, Maryland doesn't do theirs on odd years. They do theirs on non-presidential years. Virginia does theirs on odd years, but not too many. No primaries have happened. Not a single one, if there are any actual states that are up for uh, re-election this year. So there are no campaigns to prop up. There's no there's no nominees to prop up. So the second paragraph is beyond stupid too, but I can forgive that. Most people don't understand the inner workings of politics. But then it gets to this part that really cracks me up. <clears throat> this deadline is so important that a group of donors is triple matching each and every donation up to our $75,000 end-of-quarter goal. We cannot waste this opportunity. Derek, if you will rush $3 or more before our triple match... Will you rush $3 or more before our triple match offer expires on Friday? Whoa. And then it says, in case you can't do basic math, if you're that dumb, it says, donate $3, it becomes 9 Ooh, triple match. Ooh, wow. Donate $6, it becomes 18 Donate $12, it becomes 36 Whoa, 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 whoa. If I had two toes left over when I was donating $6, it became 18 I don't have 36 appendages to count. I'm sorry. I, you've lost me there. Now, I love this. Triple match up to $75,000. It is so important that they raise this $75,000 or if it, whatever it is. Maybe it's $225,000. Maybe it's the $75,000. Whatever it, if these rich guys are willing to triple match, why don't they just cut the check? Cut out the middleman. If, say, let's just say it's $75,000. If you don't get up to $75,000 worth of donations, which means that these rich guys will toss it, make it $225,000. Then they're on the hook for $150,000, right? Why wouldn't they just cut a check for $150,000 now? Why would... Are you telling me if you only raised... $50,000? $50,000? They're only going to donate 100000 And to screw you, you're on your own? Sorry? You didn't reach it? You're not going to get the rest of it? We promised up to 150 but we're not going to give it to you because you only... No. See, the dirty secret is, isn't the math here. It's not the math at all. If you only raise $25,000, these guys are not only going to give X... No. The real story here is there are no rich donors willing to triple match your money. Political contributions to campaigns and even political parties are limited. You can't give more than the maximum. Even if you're a magical unicorn that eats $1 and poops out 3 you can't 
do it. The magical unicorn poop has a limit on how much it can give. This is a straight up lie. This is a scam. This is a con job. This is, there's the child you're helping. And some, in, uh, do I want to, yeah, I'll do it because it's true. When I lived in Dearborn, Michigan in uh, college, you couldn't go into a Lebanese restaurant. You really couldn't go into any sort of business without there being a uh, a bucket of change or a thing where you stick quarters and raising money to help orf- orphans around the world in the Middle East, mostly blah, blah, blah. Please give, please give, please give help. And there's a picture of a kid sitting, it's probably been the same kid since the 1960s or 70s that the picture is up, but uh, please give, please help, you can feed this child, you can do this, that, it's kind of weird because, you know, the oil rich, lots of money over there, why would, you know, you think the governments might be able to throw the kid a sandwich or something, but then every once in a while, not all the time, certain places would get, uh, people would get arrested, associated with various charities all different ones with the stuff on the counter because it turns out that a lot of them probably not all of them but a lot of them were collecting money that maybe it didn't go to sandwiches unless the sandwich was made out of plastic explosives there were a lot of uh, diversions of the money to things like hamas you know Things, things, places that are trying to blow up Israel. That's why, you know, and the re- I had a favorite restaurant that one day I went to go there and it was closed. I'm like, huh, what happened? I wonder, is it a health code violation? Is it some sort of holiday? It- no, it turns out that the, the, the family was giving money, funneling money to various groups that our government didn't appreciate it funneling money to let's just leave it at that the husband managed to leave the country the wife managed to well not leave the country and ended up in prison that sort of thing it happens all the time so you get these things things are not always what they appear is what i'm trying to say that just because it says something we're going to triple match your money this will feed orphans as well don't believe the hype be skeptical if you have a candidate you like, give to that candidate. If you are conned into it, if you think your $3 is magically going to become 9 and I've seen as high as a five times match. If you believe any of that, and I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat, they are lying to you. Because once you give, once you break that dam, once you crack that dam, you're more likely to give again. They'll make it as they make it as easy as possible to give in the first place, and then once you do, they make it even easier to give more. I'm not trying to discourage anybody from giving to politicians or causes or whatever they want. I'm just trying to tell you that eh, be as informed about how this scam works as possible. If you read this and you go, "This is wow!" It takes a special kind of stupid to fall for this crap. And it's signed, I know I can count on you, Laura Carlson, digital chief, uh, DGA chief digital officer. If you, uh, if you read that and you go, God, this is stupid, but I still want to elect Democratic governors across the country, then give. By all means, give. 
But if you were reading this and thinking, well, I've only got until Friday to make my $10 turn into 30 um, know that you're being scammed. Act accordingly. That's all I'm saying. Because it just, it cracks me up. You see all of these commercials, all of these fundraising emails, all of these, everything. It is wildly, st- my favorite one is when they come in and they go, we have a, a critical survey. The, it's a critical survey. The uh, Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, very short email. I didn't see your response, Derek, in the subject line. Oh, you didn't see my response. Well, what, what do they need? Because I'm a top donor. I'm one of their top supporters, is what they always say. I'm one of their top supporters, even though I've never given them a penny. So it's, hey, hey, Derek, it's Diana, the research director here at the DSCC. Oh, Diana. Yeah, there's no last name involved at all. It's even signed just Diana, research director. <laughs> Are you AI? No, you're not I at all. You're not intelligence at all. Hi, Derek, it's Diana. I'm reaching out because President Biden's approval rating hit its highest point almost uh, in almost a year. And that could be a leading indicator of a massive blue wave. Actually, Joe Biden's approval rating is on the way down a little bit. But, uh, you know, artistic license. The president's standing among voters like you is a key driver of voter turnout patterns. So it's critical that we have accurate state-by-state data to help us make necessary strategic decisions. Yeah, because Maryland is in play in 2023. Like, gee, which way will it go? Yeah, please, Democrats, dump tens of millions of dollars into Maryland in 2024. The president standing among voters like you is a creed driver, blah, blah, blah. But I just checked our President Biden approval poll and didn't see your response. In fact, without hearing your answers, we will not be able to reach statistical significance for our poll in Maryland. Our poll is closing at 11.59 p.m., so please answer immediately. Now, this today is the 30th of March. This poll is, this email is dated the 26th of March. Since the poll closed at 11.59 p.m., four days ago, what do you think is going to happen when I click on the link to do their poll? Oh, my God, their poll is still live. Why is their poll still live? Well, let me tell you. Do you approve of President Biden? No is my answer. Hit next. Oh, and then there's a whole bunch of issues. What is the most, the greatest Joe Biden accomplishment? I'm not going to pick any of them because they're all crap. Blah, blah, blah. Hit next. Skip it. How much are concerned about evil Republicans? Next, next. And then finally, at the end, in order to submit my poll, in order to give them my answers that were so crucial that they've extended the deadline four full days because I had not responded in order to get my data here in Maryland, which is apparently a a purple state that's up for grabs, in order for my voice to count for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, I have to donate at a minimum $5. It's so crucial they hear from me that they're going to charge me to hear from me. That's that's great. Isn't that great? <laughs> people fall. This works. This works on people. There are people out there who will dig into their credit card and max it out even further to give to these people because they really believe that, well, without my important input, how will Democrats know what to believe? <laughs> the simple answer to that is they'll look to their rich donors and they'll do what they're told. They're very good dogs. Don't be one to them. So I just wanted to just warn people and tell people, I don't, 
I don't mind people giving their money to politicians. If you believe in a politician, give your money to the politician, and you want to give your, that's fine. Absolutely fine. But if you're really out there thinking, or if you know anybody out there thinking, well, my $1 is going to become $10. It's going to be some sort of miracle. If this unicorn that eats $1 bills and poops out fives exists, let us pay off the national debt with it. I will get my, I'll take out a second mortgage and get the money just in fives. And we will, this unicorn will never be hungry again. Let's do this thing, right? <laughs> just, I don't get it. All right, but there are other things going on. Um, the debate over what happened in Nashville, the mass shooting, it's amazing that there's a debate over this. We still don't have the manifesto, can't have the manifesto, won't release the manifesto. People might get the wrong impression from the manifesto. When I tell you, it, it ties in with the fundraising stuff that I just told you progressive left, to a lesser extent, some Republicans, some on the right, but mostly on the left, they really do look at everybody who isn't them as a special kind of stupid, who needs to be protected from ourselves. Can't give us tax. Look, if we give you, remember Bill Clinton? Rush Limbaugh used to play this clip all the time. Bill Clinton at one point in, uh, I think it was ninety. Seven something right around the time that they were pretending that there was a massive government surplus. Remember that? Good times, by the way, <laughs> when when we weren't going massively into debt. Uh, but there was a, the surplus, and there was the discussion: What do you do with the surplus? What do you do with the surplus? We get this to a lesser extent on the state level when they have a surplus. But the debate at the time with the Republican Congress was: We should, if we're taking in too much money, let's either pay off the debt or Give it back to the people we're taking. We're ta- if you need, say, hey, I need money. I need to get uh, valet parking or my car out of the valet or whatever it is. And uh, so here's a twenty. Can you hear? Can I borrow some money? Here's a twenty. Go get your car out of the parking garage. And it only cost fifteen dollars or ten dollars. We'll make it ten dollars to get your car out of the parking garage. What do you do with that extra ten? Do you just go, well, you know, I got 10 bucks now. Let's go Let's go to the bar. And that's a lap dance, baby, if you're Hunter Biden. Let's do this thing. I don't know. Maybe that's not a lap dance anymore. It's been a while. But um, most people would go to your friend you borrowed the 20 from and say, oh, I only needed 10. Here's, here's 10 back. I still owe you 10, but here's the 10 back. That's not how it works with government. They collect more money than they had planned on whatever the economy was booming. In the in the case of the Clinton administration, it was fake. It was from the uh, the dot com bubble. The bubble had yet to burst, so they're like, "Oh, we're we're rich. We got more money, and the economy's booming." And it was all fake. It was all a big bubble. But they thought, "What can we do with this money?" Republicans, of course, wanted to return it to the taxpayer, and Democrats didn't. And Bill Clinton famously said to a group, I think in Houston, it was in Texas. I don't know why I remember this like this well, but he's like, well, well there's a debate over what we do with the uh, the surplus here. We, we Republicans want to give it back to you. Now, we could give it back to you and hope that you spend it right. But what if you don't spend it right? 
you're sitting there going, wait a second. What how, how do you spend your money wrong? It's your money. What business is it of the government? How you spend it? As long as, you know, you're not human trafficking or something. And Bill Clinton wasn't talking about, you might do drugs. You might be like my friend Hunter Biden and, and be doing a bunch of drugs and having sex with prostitutes. Nope, wasn't that. If you spend it right, what if you don't spend it right? He was talking about just spending it in general, however you choose to spend it. What if you spent it in a way that displeased Democrats? They don't think, they didn't think then, and they sure as hell don't think now that you're smart enough to know how to take care of yourself, know what to think. So you end up with these really basic fundraising emails that you just sit there and you go, my God, I, I am dumber for having read that. And then you sit there and you go, there's a committee of adult human beings who are well-paid, who craft these things. It's their job to craft fundraising emails. And a group of educated adults, professionals, came up with this crap. What the hell is wrong with it? You know, well, they, it's because they hold everybody else who isn't them in contempt. They just do. They hold us in contempt. And so you're sitting there and you're going, when are we going to get this manifesto? What is the holdup with this manifesto? Is there... Are there other people? These are my co-conspirators in this. Is there an ongoing investigation that something needs to be seriously looked into? No, there isn't. They don't want you to know what's in the manifesto. They will hold it the way that the San Francisco DA held everything related to the Paul Pelosi cases, the drunk driving and the home invasion. You have to sue. They're going to have to get a court to order it to come out and that's going to take a little while by the time that actually happens people will have moved on so that when you look into this manifesto and there is some sort of warning flags all over the place or some sort of radical trans ideology and anti-christian bigotry they're going to go ah old news it might not even depending on your local newspaper it might not even get written up in your local newspaper it might be that old, depending on how long they can keep it out of the news. Because right now they're using it as the, they're saying, well, there's an ongoing investigation. What do you invest? Are there co If there's an ongoing investigation and the perpetrator is dead, I think we can say with pretty good certainty who committed the crime, right? So that part of the investigation shouldn't be ongoing right you got an active shooter situation there's the active shooter the active shooter shot dead that part is case closed what else could there be are there co-conspirators highly unlikely these things tend to be people acting alone but i'll open myself up to the prospect but if to open yourself up to the prospect, then you have to go, if there are, if you even think there are co-conspirators, should not that be the word on the street? Hey, look out. Were you? Do you know anybody who is hanging out with this person? Because we have reason to believe there's vague mentions of somebody else being involved in this, and we want to make sure that we get them. But we don't want them to know they're coming for us, but, you know, whatever. Maybe somebody cracks and runs away or whatever. That's, that would be important information to have for the public we don't have it so it's highly unlikely to begin with that there were co-conspirators so then what would the investigation be about 
Don't know. Can't imagine. Unless you look at it cynically and realistically and say, there's something in there they don't want us to know. Now you recognize that the left thinks of us as just this side of an angry mob with pitchforks and torches by the door, ready to go out and take to the streets in violence. If we find out that somebody, uh, oh, a member of the Alphabet Mafia, say a, a trans member of the Alphabet Mafia, committed a hate crime, then we, as the great unwashed, would immediately go, ah, well, then I therefore hate everybody who is trans or gay or bisexual, lesbian, queer, whatever, any member of the Alphabet Mafia. One of you did it. You're all responsible. And let us grab our pitchforks and our torches and go out there and kill people or beat them up or whatever it is. Mob justice, like it's the Old West. That's not the way it works. See, the American public, particularly conservatives who the left holds in a special sense a bit of dis, uh, of contempt because we we can't we don't fall for their crap the the moderates who don't pay attention to what's going on or aren't interested in they fall for their crap a lot of the times they still look at them as like they've got the pitchfork and the unlit torch by the door with the uh, bic lighter ready to go just in case too they look at it that way and they they think the worst of all of us and they're afraid that they're going to lose some voters maybe if they or that they're going to, there's going to be an unprecedented increase in violence. If you mention that the coronavirus started in Wuhan, was started in a lab and came out in a lab, rather than because somebody had bat soup. You go, oh. Well, now that we know that it came from a lab, I need to get a baseball bat and go beat up anybody who's remotely Asian, I see. That's not how normal people work. It is, however, how progressive Democrats work. It is. So ultimately, this is the ultimate projection. They assume everybody's like them. Thank God we're not like them. And what do I mean like them? Well, how many shootings have you seen where, uh, oh, they think it's a white guy? This is just another example. This is what white guys do. White guys are the worst. Uh, white nationalism, terrorism, horrible uh, situation. Uh, white people are the worst. Uh, oh, wait, it was a Muslim guy like out in California. Never mind. And that story died immediately. How many stories have we seen where, like, oh, this was motivated by hate. It's white people hate. Oh, no, wait, the Pulse nightclub shooting didn't have anything to do with being gay. The guy actually went there a lot. Oh, um, never mind. Moving on. They look at people and do the collective guilt thing. They look at people and do the collective retroactive guilt. If you're white, you're benefiting from slavery. What? I was born 200 years after slavery. Doesn't matter. The society, they find new and creative ways. Society was fundamentally founded on white supremacy. And therefore, even if you're poor and toothless with no access to dentistry and uh, no jobs at all in Appalachia, you have it better than the son of uh, some multimillionaire, well, somebody like Cory Booker. You have it better than Cory Booker, who grew up with two parents who were high executives at IBM, went to the best schools only lived anywhere near poverty as a part of a tourism gimmick when he was running for mayor of Newark. 
<laughs> oh, okay. So you, I didn't realize I had it so good, says the person in Appalachia who never learned to read because the schools suck. Cory Booker, Mr. Private School, Mr. Ivy League. He's had it so rough. Why don't you why don't you give your money to Cory Booker? You you racist white nationalist benefiting monster. I would because obviously I have benefited way more than Cory Booker the millionaire has, but um I don't have any money to give him. So <laughs> you could take out a mortgage on my my wooden shack, but I don't think that you're going to get one, except for maybe from Silicon Valley Bank. That's how the left thinks. That's why they don't want you to have this manifesto. They're afraid. They assume that we will act like they do. They will look at somebody and go, oh, you're black. You couldn't possibly get ahead. You couldn't possibly succeed. It's, I'm so sorry for you. Let me help you in every way, shape, or form. And you go, you stop it. I, I need help out of the pool, and you keep dumping rocks on me. Stop. stop. Get out of the way. Get off the deck. Let me out of this pool. No, no, no. Let me, here's another rock. Here, let me weigh you down even more. I'm helping you. I'm helping you to the point people finally just go, stop helping me. Stop helping me. You're hurting me. Stop helping me. But they judge people. You couldn't possibly do it on your own. You will come to the wrong conclusion if you get this information. We are better than you. We are smarter than you. We will help you. Don't. Please don't do me any favor. So if you're sitting around wondering why we haven't seen this manifesto, it's because there must be something in there they don't want us to see because they're afraid that we will react in a way that they would react if the situation were reversed. That if there were a trans club, or somebody walked into a drag queen story hour and shot the drag queen in front of a kid, that they left a manifesto behind. First of all, that manifesto would be, Rachel Maddow would perform the audiobook version of it that afternoon, and it would be on Amazon. It would be a number one bestseller. It would be everywhere. They would assume that because they would immediately condemn. Look, this is white people. This is Fox News. This is everybody who's ever said uh, that men are men and women are women. Anybody who's ever said that there are only two genders, they walked in to that uh, preteen drag queen story hour and shot that drag queen. That's how they work. But if you say, hey, you know. Uh, Maybe there's a mental break in people insisting they are trans since, you know, until about two years ago, people were treated for gender dysphoria and came out just fine about 99.9% of the time afterwards they dealt with the underlying issues. But now you don't. Now, instead of let's get to the root cause of why you think you know something that is unknowable and feel something that is impossible to know um they instead are indulged oh no you, you you're not delusional it's no longer a disorder it is reality and here are a bunch of hormones your body is not made to handle not made to handle and just take it take them we don't know what happens there really hasn't been many long-term things but if you know what you're feeling bad about certain why don't we just uh, i don't know slice a couple of pieces of your body off let's see how that goes 
can't put them back on. We're not made of Legos, but let's slice a couple pieces off and see how you feel after that, all right? And we'll also give you all sorts of other mind-altering drugs to help you deal with the fact that you still will feel the parts of the body that were cut off of you and the parts of the body that were formed out of the pieces of the body we kind of took off of you. They won't work normally and they won't feel this. It just, you know, Shut up and trust us. We've got you covered because you, as a girl, picked up a G.I. Joe doll when you were five years old. So we we obviously, and you were having an awkward puberty. And everybody knows that that's not normal. Everybody's gone through this, and it's not normal. Well, wait a second. Isn't that the very definition of normal? Shut up. Don't ask questions. There's far too much money in this. You know that... A procedure, a uh, genital mutilation procedure, teenager, adult, whatever. It's like $150,000. That's not the the mastectomy, the double mastectomy for women. But it's $150,000 on average. But it's more than that, ladies and gentlemen. You have just created a lifetime customer. Because you don't get to walk out and go, well, that's great. Here's the keys to your new body. You got a 10-year warranty and, uh, you know, I don't know. See you later. No, it's constant maintenance. Constant maintenance. If you think that uh, piercing your ears and taking your earrings out for a couple of weeks, those close up. What do you think happens with other parts of your body if you're, you're not constantly making sure that they don't close up? You wounds, unnatural wounds close up they heal hormones your body doesn't go well now suddenly i'm getting uh, pumped up with uh, testosterone well my body isn't designed to produce this level of testosterone but now my body will go you know what really seems like this person wants a lot of testosterone let's rewrite the rules of biology and produce a whole bunch of what's the estrogen production let's halt that and make testosterone. It's clear that this woman wants to be a man. We're going to make testosterone. That's not how it works. So you have to take those drugs forever. You need to be surgically updated in places forever. You need to be checked out. You need to um, make sure you don't close up forever. Wounds don't heal forever. You have a constant customer forever. Poverty, the same sort of thing. This is the democratic way. Here, we're going to give you just enough money to get by. But if you start working, you're going to lose that money and you're going to actually be worse off. Don't work. Just stay on the government teat forever. And oh, by the way, only vote for us. If you vote for the other guys, they're going to take away everything and you're going to be ruined. You have created a cycle of poverty that will churn out voters for your party forever. Seeing a pattern here? I'm scrolling. I'll I'll retweet this now. I just saw this. Liquid trees. And there's a, it looks like an aquarium. It's green. It looks like, it looks like an aquarium that's been neglected forever. Scientists create liquid trees, a tank full of water and micro algae. Is is regular algae so big that you need the micro version? Like that algae is far too large. Micro algae that could be an alternative to trees in urban areas. You know what? They could also, you know, just plant trees. But it's a big rectangle. It's a square when you look at it straight. And it's narrow, so it's not a cube. Somebody's going to shoot them. 
Somebody's going to sh- shoot these things. Some, I'll, I'll retweet it right now if you want to see it. Someone will shoot holes in these immediately. I, I bet. There we go. So you want to see what liquid trees look? God, Lord. Just playing real. We have. Well, you know what we need is a something. We need a new solution to a problem. We already have a solution to the problem. Yeah, I know, but we need a new solution to the problem. Okay, why? Well, because we need a new solution to the problem. How many different chemical mixtures to taste like sugar do we need? Well, I don't know. We got six million different things that we mix together to taste like sugar. Maybe that has something to do with the obesity problem, huh? Maybe that has some high fructose corn syrup replacing real sugar. Because if you look back at home movies and things from the 50s, 60s, 70s, anything, occasionally you'd see somebody a little bit pudgy. Didn't see the problem like you, you just go to Disneyland right now and you go, oh my God, can that ride support that? No, you didn't see that in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know. Don't know. Anyway, back to we've now returned to regularly scheduled programming. While the left doesn't want you to talk about the manifesto, to know about the manifesto, to know what the trans, the T is for terrorist trans killer, did and why they targeted a Christian school because the hate crime. The left, I love it. Everything's a hate crime. They're upset that Republicans are calling for a hate crime investigation. They don't even want the investigation. They demand hate crime investigations for everything that they like or favor the victim, the group that the victim belongs to. But when it it's something they don't like, they don't, well, why would you bother to look at the, whether or not this is a hate crime? Well, do hate crimes matter? Josh Hawley saying, hey, we need uh, to look at this as a hate crime against Christians. And the left is going, well, Josh Hawley voted against making it even easier to uh, make anti-Asian hate crimes. Well, is it, A, you can be opposed to the concept of something and still recognize that law exists and you follow existing law. You could sit there before they started making marijuana legal everywhere. Guess what? A lot of people smoked marijuana before they started making marijuana legal everywhere. And uh, there were a lot of people who were opposed to making marijuana legal. But when marijuana became legal, eh, they were at a party and they decided, yeah, what the hell, I'll try it or I'll eat a gummy or whatever. Why? Because it's legal. Now, you can say, I think this law should be repealed. You could say, hey, casinos everywhere, not a super good thing for society. I think it's a bad thing I oppose. You know, it used to be just Atlantic City and Las Vegas and cities and states looked at it as ways to cheaply tax people, usually poor people, uh, because certainly on a higher percentage level. They get more money from poor people because poor people go to the casinos more often. They don't bet more, but as a percentage of their income, if your income is $20,000 and your income is $200,000, if you both bet $200, it's a significantly bigger portion of your income if you make it $20,000 than compared to $200,000. Regressive tax is what the left calls that when it suits their needs, and then they ignore it when they benefit from it. But that's beside the point. 
They put these things everywhere. And uh, is it good? I don't think it's good. I think it's a bad thing to have such easy access to gambling. I think that it's a bad thing to be able to go to the casino at lunch and just go crazy and go, woo, hog wild. Let's bet this thing because people get addicted to it. And if you really, if it's easy, more people will do it. But if you have to go to Vegas, you got to go to Atlantic City, fewer people will do it. You got to really want to do it. You make a plan to do it rather than a whim to do it. But it's the law. They're there. They're legal. They did the same thing in Detroit. I went to the casinos in Detroit on occasion. I go to the casinos here on a rare occasion. I don't think they should have been instituted. That doesn't make me a hypocrite for going. It's the law. I follow the law. So to vote against something, to oppose something, and then say, all right, well, it's the law. Maybe we should look into I mean, the person targeted a Christian school. Maybe we should look into this, whether or not it was a hate crime. Now, the person's dead, but that never stopped the left before. So it is really holding them to their own standards, holding the same standard for everybody. And the left is beside themselves. And this is ridiculous. Josh Hawley opposed various forms of hate crime legislation. Now he wants a hate crimes investigation. Okay. I don't understand the the hypocrisy there. I'm not a fan of hypocrisy. But I don't see the hypocrisy in following the law it is, as it is written. Instead, you've got these idiots. Let's, which idiots to start with? That's the thing. Let's start with the idiots on The View and Whoopi Goldberg, because she starts off with the Josh Hawley clip. Whoopi is, of course, if they don't, they don't want to know. They don't want, now, if you are confident that the trans terrorist did not target a Christian school because it's a Christian school, they just did it because whatever, then the prospect of an investigation into it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. If you're at all interested in the truth, it doesn't matter either. I just want the truth. They don't want either. It tells you something. And that, you couple that with the, we're not going to give you the manifesto, and suddenly you begin to draw your own conclusions. But listen to listen to what Whoopi says here, and then listen to, also listen to how she sounds. She sounds hammered. It's worse when you see it, because she looks glassy-eyed, too. I don't know if she is or not, but that's what I came away with this. Today, I will introduce a resolution explicitly condemning this massacre as the hate crime that it is, and calling upon this body to condemn hateful rhetoric that leads to violence. Okay, I mean, look, some people are using this as an excuse to demonize the transgender community. I mean, crazy stuff. So is this once again, are we just weeing in the wind? Some people are using this because they're crazy. Condemn the transgender community. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, have another martini there, Whoopi, with breakfast, because it's not even lunchtime yet, but okay. Um, now let's smash cut to any time that there is a white shooter somewhere, and they go, oh, white people, uh, the, as the government says, they're the worst. They are the perpetrators of terror. The biggest threat, according to Christopher Ray, at the FBI, is white terrorism, white nationalism, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's weird. Suddenly, you're not interested in full group demonization. Weird. Of course, normal people never engage 
in full group demonization. Democrats do. See what I mean when I say that they are, uh, they accuse you of what they do. They're terrified that you're going to do what they do all the time, but you're going to do it to a group they care about, which is sick on so many levels. It obviously exposes how hypocritical they are, but it also exposes that they really don't care about some people. They really don't. They look at some people like Christians and go, ah, who cares? Who cares? You, what do you, you can kill them. What are they? they believe in two genders. Obviously, they need to be killed. They deserve it. What are you going to do? But um, they're also using this as a leaping off point to ban guns. And as usual, they have no idea what in the hell they're talking about. It's amazing to me. I want to ban guns. What got again? Military style assault weapons. I promise you, people in the military would not go to war with an AR-15 that you can buy in the store. Not here in Maryland, but in a, a real state where people have rights. The military would not go to soldiers would go, what the hell? This I'm not this is not automatic. This is no, I this is not a weapon of war. What it does is it looks like a mean old gun. I saw Bruce Willis carry one in a movie once. You know what? Schwarzenegger shot up that school or that building or that mall or that terrorist or this, that, or the other thing in that movie. And his gun looked just like an AR-15. Oh, I saw Rambo use a gun that looked like this. And therefore, it must be banned. It's not the same gun. It doesn't function really the same. No, it doesn't matter. It looks the same. We need to ban the AR-15. Okay, then it's AR-15 style weapons. What's an AR-15 style weapon? An AR-15 style weapon is a, a rifle with a muzzle shroud so you don't burn your hands. And uh, that's it. Scary, black, long. You can go buy a pink rifle. Are those okay? It's a cosmetic thing that they're calling for. It's symbolism, but they want the concept. They want to start banning some... Look, we banned AR-15 style ones. Then we got... Oh, the the next style one is what we really need to work on. That's the real problem is this other one. We banned the AR-15. Now we need to ban another... Now we just need rifles in general. Now we just need to ban handguns in general. They're going to nibble away at that apple. I want you to listen to Sunny Houston. She, uh, God, this piece is, is pretty special because she gets to demonstrate how much she doesn't know about guns. She wants to ban AR-15 style guns. And she, um, well, she gets a little bit away about her family history and probably why her political beliefs are what they are at the beginning here as well. There are mentally ill people all over the world. I was this just going to say country. that. I'm, I'm really, I'm really sorry. But, you know, I have so many mentally ill people in my family. Um, they are more likely to be the victims of crime than be criminals that is a fact and it has been studied in this country for over 60 years so i'm so sick of people conveniently saying this is a mental health issue or you can't look at this issue you know, without you think, mental health this is an ar-15 style weapon was, this issue. person was of sound mind 
I don't think that is not the point. That the like point is, it is if she did not have matter. access to these weapons, those three nine-year-olds would be in school but today. She has, but she could have also had access to mental health Alyssa, I think, and that, I think, Alyssa I think is making an important point to say both things can be true. And both things can be true. It is an AR-15 style weapon issue. So uh, I have an AR-15 style weapon. It has not killed anybody. It has not shot anybody. It's never been pointed at anybody. And God willing, it never will be. It doesn't give me the siren call of, Derek, go get this. Come get me. Let's go get somebody. Come. It doesn't do that. It is an inanimate object. The killer also had a handgun. You notice how they dutifully ignore that. 90 some odd percent of the murders in this country involve that involve a gun involve a handgun but they ignore that why because they want to ban a type of gun they recognize handguns women use handguns to protect themselves people in their have them in their home it, it's it's not as scary plus they don't really care about you know black people in chicago or baltimore killing each other with illegal handguns because those are illegal handguns they want to ban a certain type of the assault style, uh, AR-15 style weapon. They'll come for the handguns eventually. They want the AR-15 style weapon. They don't even know what they're banning. They have no idea what it is. Describe what you want. Well, I want to ban assault rifles. What's an assault rifle? Is there a hug gun somewhere? Because any kind of gun can kill, honestly, any kind can. So what What specifically is an assault weapon? Uh, a weapon of war. The military doesn't use an AR-15. These are, these are semi-automatic. The military has automatic. They have different... What do you, what do you want? Oh, it just they can't explain it. And then if you just listen to the isolation here of Sonny at the beginning of that, you begin to see that maybe why. Maybe this is why. Maybe Sonny's telling us without telling us what, at least in her case, her real problem is. I have so many mentally ill people in my family. You don't say. You don't say. Huh. It's almost like it. it's hereditary, right? Now, you've heard from the ladies on The View, the geniuses on The View, and I have lots of mentally ill people in my family. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding, honey. Actually, while we're on Sunny... I just want to play this for you from uh, yesterday from sunny Houston. uh, They've been talking about how horrible this country is. It's weird. The reason that, uh, because the left is beside themselves, Republicans, conservatives, they keep pointing out that the killer in Nashville was a trans person. They're trying to get hate crime. They're trying to inspire hate against these people. They're trying to, no, 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 no. Unless what what they're really doing is confessing when we harp on something that one white person did, even if it was 250 years ago, we're hoping to inspire hatred against white people and violence against white people. They'll ignore it. They'll ignore it. But that's what they want. But then you say, hey, wait a second. This is a trans person who did this. Maybe we should look into radical transit. Oh, you're a monster. You're trying to inspire hatred of trans people. No. But it's nice to know that you think that because it tells us why you harp on what you harp on. But uh, Sunny tries to make an analogy. She believes that uh, all the people, well, she really only cares about black people. And she cares about black people in prison in this country. 
She doesn't care why people are in prison in this country. But if they're in prison and they have a similar skin tone to her, she is an outrage and it's racism. Forget what they did or didn't do. It's racism. And so she makes light of, she tries to make an analogy to what the Chinese government is doing to the Uyghur Muslims over there. Now, it has been classified correctly so by the United States government, including this one headed by Joe Biden, but the last three administrations as genocide. Genocide. The systematic attempted wiping out of people of a certain race or ethnicity. And she tries to equate that to black people in prison in this country, currently. And so as a woman of color with a six foot two black kid in college and a five foot seven, five foot eight black kid in high school, I don't see that part of American exceptionalism. I'm sorry. I think this country has a lot of problems that could be solved. Yes, maybe they're putting uh, Muslims in jail in Afghanistan, I think you mentioned, and China. China, They're putting a lot of more black people in jail here. Yeah, no, they're they're committing genocide over there against the Uyghur Muslims. They're, They're actually not just executing them, though. They're using them as slave labor until they die. And then when they die, they just chuck them in a pit and move on. That's what they're doing. But it's the same thing as over here. Now, the reason that they're being uh, imprisoned and enslaved in China is because they are Uyghur Muslims. The reason people are in prison in this country is because they committed a crime. You see, they committed a crime, or at least have been credibly accused and convicted by a jury of their peers. It is not, let's just throw that black guy in a prison. Sonny, who's supposed to be a lawyer, doesn't seem to notice the difference. If you really want to talk about why, if you're concerned about the number of, first of all, you're only concerned about certain people in prison based on their skin color, you're a racist. Just using the old school definition, I realize the old school definition is out of fashion nowadays, but it, it is worth pointing out. So you're a racist, but if you really want to get to the point of or the bottom of why it is that there are so many people in prison, you should probably deal with the commission of crimes, should you not? Because those crimes are, in fact, being committed. And by the way, it's weird how these leftists who have the hypersensitive radar up about race, they just so ready to be offended by race. They care. Look, look, we have too many, too many young black men in prison. Yeah, we do. But who do you think are the victims of the crimes of those young black men? By and large, overwhelmingly, if you're a victim of a crime, you're a victim of a crime perpetrated by somebody who looks like you. Just if you're white, the person going to commit a crime against you, be it beating you up, murder, theft, whatever, is overwhelmingly going to be white too. If you're black, it's the same thing. Now, if you really want to play the game, and they don't, but if you really want to play the game and you go and look at the FBI statistics and you go through them, you will find that if you go, all right, well, let's, we know that uh, Hispanics are more likely to be the victim of Hispanic crime and blacks more than black crime and white more than white crime, et cetera, et cetera. But what about the crossovers? What about when the perpetrator and the victim 
are not of the same race. Well, they never talk about that, and they don't want to talk about that because overwhelmingly, if you are white and you are, uh, well, if there is a white person and a black person and there's a crime involved, one the victim, one the perp, the odds are significantly tilted in favor of the white person being the perp. Asian, same thing. Maybe you want to deal with the causes of that. Maybe you should care about the, if you care, you care because you sit there and you hear, her, oh, we have too many black men in prison. Well, what about the black people that the black men in prison committed the crimes against that got them in prison? Do you have, you have a lot of empathy for the black men in prison. Do you have any for the black men and women who were the victims of the crime that put them there? They don't care about the shooting, the murders in Chicago. They don't. They, they never talk about it. They don't. And then when they do, whenever it comes up, it's always because, oh, and Republicans, they just harp on what's going on in Chicago. Yeah, because there's a lot of murder going on in Chicago, okay? You can't care about the lunar eclipse style crime of a police officer killing a black man when there are like six instances of that a year, maybe at the most. And most of the time, there's drugs involved, they're fighting with cops, whatever. But, um, and then look at 500 murders in Chicago and go, whatever. 500 murders in Chicago, 400 of which are of black people, and you don't say a word about it. But you care very deeply about the high dude who led police on a high-speed chase pulled out a knife and got shot and killed by police. His life mattered. The people killed in Chicago, they don't matter. There's a disconnect there. And it's only, it's not, it's not really a disconnect. It's a disconnect if you look at it the way that I'm describing it and the way a normal human being would look at it. You say you care about X. Here's a whole lot of X happening. Why don't you care about that? Because they don't actually care about X. They look at it as, is this useful? Is this, if it's not useful, it might as well have not happened. It doesn't matter. Black lives matter. You're right. Let's do something about Chicago. Let's do something about the culture of Chicago that is getting kids killed. Now, no. who's going who's gonna to fundraise? Out? Who's going to give me it? Nike isn't going to give me $10 million to do that. Nike isn't going to give us $10 million to fight that. Nike's going to give us $10 million to talk about police brutality. Huh. We've got too many black men in prison. Well, maybe we should tell everybody not to commit crimes, right? No, no. We've just got to let people out of prison. We've got a school-to-prison pipeline in these urban centers. You mean the urban centers that Democrats have controlled for generations? Huh. We've got these school-to-prison. We must shut down the school-to-prison pipeline. Now, how do they want to shut down the school-to-prison pipeline? They want to shut down the prison part. Well, that does nothing to address why people are sent to prison, right? <laughs> You're not sent to prison because you got a bad grade in algebra class. You're sent to prison because you committed a crime. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, and maybe even a majority of it, is poor education. Failure of education and political leaders, Democrats, who often look like the people they're talking to, telling these kids, you can't get ahead. 
You're not going to get the system is rigged against you. You're screwed. Look at the skin color. You're done for. You're never going to get ahead. Your whole life is going to be a subsistence existence. And oh, by the way, they're also riling up jealousy. Look at those people who have stuff. You're never going to have stuff. It's unfair that they have stuff. So you got resentment, envy, all going as part of the mix and telling people, and you're, by the way, you're never going to get ahead. You're never going to get ahead. You're screwed because of the color of your skin. Then what do you think? that you think that kid might go, well, I might as well sling dope. I mean, why not? I'm going to sling some dope. It's against the law, but who cares? I'm going to end up in, they're going to put me in prison because of my skin color anyway. I might as well try and make some money as we do this. These are the things that Democrats don't want to talk about. These are the problems that Democrats create. Well, shut down the school to prison pipeline. You're not going to fix any problems by shutting down the prisons. You'd fix problems by fixing the schools, teaching kids how to read, write, and do math rather than count to the number of genders they can come up with on any given day to make sure that they pass using the proper pronoun class. Make sure that they read or have read to them or get the audio version of the 1619 Project. Tell them how they're never going to get ahead. They can't read. They can't write. They can't do math. But they know they got screwed over by the man in the system and there's nothing they can do to get ahead. At least not playing the game legally. And so they turn to crime. Because why not? Well, why any rational person looking at that if you had a pipe that went into your house it was just dumping raw sewage you might you'd put a cork in it but eventually the stink would come through it would start to leak it would start to drip eventually the cork would be pushed out would you just put a cork in it and go ah oh, problem solved no you'd go all right well i gotta go and find out where this raw sewage is coming from I want to cap where this is coming from. That would be what a smart person would do. A rational thinking person would do. Democrats don't want that. Why? Because where the sewage is coming from, where the problem begins, gives them a whole hell of a lot of money in teachers' unions campaign contributions from teachers unions and trial lawyers fund the democrat party and now wall street the bailouts the quantitative easing the printing of money the free money forever and ever and then the bank bailouts when banks all of that benefits wall street all of that benefits the rich i thought democrats were against that turns out that everything democrats say they are and were against they're actually doing isn't that weird so when you hear sonny going oh the uyghurs uh yeah they're putting some muslims in prison over there we're putting more black men in prison over here do you want to have a serious discussion about that sonny no you don't no you don't but you know you're just not a serious person because it's about the objective the means are irrelevant the ends justify the means it's the only way these leftists could pile over and climb over a pile of dead bodies every year 
a pile of dead black bodies every year in Baltimore, Chicago, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Detroit. You name the city. They can climb up on that pile and look for the anomaly. Something to get outraged over. There's a police officer. He's fighting with a guy. The guy tries to grab the police officer's gun and the police officer shoots him. That is an outrage. No justice, no peace. Defund the police. Look at this. It's open season on young black men, they say, standing on a pile of dead young black men. They don't care. They do the opposite of care. They look at it as an opportunity, which makes it even sicker. All right. And then now back to the regularly scheduled We Need to Ban Everything. Karine Jean-Pierre. Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about the uh, gun issue. It's amazing to me. Little Manu Rajas running around. He's posting videos as he's chasing down Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. Kevin, are you going to push? Are you going to push any sort of gun control? Are you going to push any sort of gun control? Are you going to push any sort of gun control? Uh, Manu, why don't you just ask a question? Why don't you ask a legitimate question? Why don't you? Why don't you do journalism to try and maybe I don't know get the manifesto out there? And then maybe try to just do a bit of critical thinking and say, well, what the Democrats are pushing for, would that have stopped anything that happened? And the answer is no. The answer is no. Well, they want to ban an AR-15. Okay, well, then you would have gotten rid of one of the three guns the person carried, right? They carried a handgun, too. The vast majority of murders are committed by handguns. Why aren't you going? Well, I don't know. It's because these people in the media do not think. They are incapable of it. Now the people in government are incapable of it as well. And that brings us to Karen Jean-Pierre. She was asked whether or not what, what the president wants to do about this. She, Joe Biden, according to the very historic Karen Jean-Pierre, wants to do a gun confiscation. Now you see this all the time. You got these idiots like Al Franken. Al Franken's tweeting out, he's back in the news again because he was uh, the guest host for the Daily Show for a week or whatever it was. Maybe he still is, I don't know. But he's like, well, the solution is simple. You just uh, you offer a buyback at a at market rate for the, the gun, for the AR-15. That's how you confiscate the guns. What if you don't want to sell? I have plenty of things that I have no interest in selling. Unless you really offer me an obscene amount of money. But you're not going to, the government isn't going to offer an obscene amount of money for an AR 15. Plus, it's a matter of principle. It's a matter of principle. But if the AR, you pay $500 for an AR 15, and the government says, well, fair market, it's used. I mean, we'll give you 200 bucks to turn it in. Well, no, I'd, I'd rather have the gun. It's a buyback. It's a voluntary buyback program. Well, then suddenly what happens when the vast majority of people don't want to buy, let their guns be bought back? It suddenly becomes a mandatory buyback. And then that fair market value, which was determined by the person, the, the fair market value is never determined by one person. It's determined by two people, the person who has something you want and the person who wants the thing. How much are you willing to pay? Well, I'm not willing to give it to you for that much. I'll give it to you for this much. Well, I'm not willing to pay that much, but I will pay this much. And they come to an agreement. That agreement is the fair market value. That's how market forces work. 
one side saying, here's what we'll give you for this, and uh, you have no ability to say no to it, is not a fair market value. It's not how that comes about. Suddenly, a buyback of a perfectly legal thing, quote, buyback of a perfectly legal thing, becomes you are now committing a felony. What you did yesterday, what you had yesterday, was legal, but now it's illegal, and you're a, we're going to come and take it from you and charge you with a felony. So that, again, gives you an incentive because next week we're going to come and confiscate. Next week you will be a felon if you do not voluntarily sell us your weapon. You see, see how that works? Voluntarily sell it to us or else. Most volunteer activities do not. A lot of, I get a lot of things, a lot of charities. And, hey, would you like, we'd like, we're looking for volunteers. Or else. The or else part is never there because that's not how we're... Hey, come volunteer at the animal shelter. Or else. Or else what? We're going to... It's like that old National Lampoon, the famous National Lampoon cover where like buy this magazine or the dog gets it and there's a, a collie or whatever kind of dog it was with a gun to his head. That kind of mentality. That's how the left operates. So when you hear the concept and they're talking about we need to do a buyback of the AR-15... That's what they're talking about, the or else, because the next step is if you don't participate in the buyback, you become a felon. Get, sell it to us at what we're willing to pay for it or go to prison for five years. Which would you like, $200 or prison in five years? So listen to Carinjo, the historic Corinne Jean-Pierre. This is a real piece of, uh, piece of work on her part. In the last presidential campaign, one of the Democratic contenders said that what he would do is come for AR-15s. Does the president support not just banning the sale and manufacture of semi-automatic weapons, but further than that, confiscation? Let me just be very clear. What we're talking about, AR-15s, these assault weapons ban, they are weapons of war and they should not be on the streets across the country, in our communities. They should not be in schools. They should not be in grocery stores. They should not be in, in churches. That's what the president believes. And he has done more than any other president the first two years on an executive order. And as you know, we all know how government works. There's only so much that he can do. And so now it's time for Congress to do the work. And he's happy to sign. Once that happens, he's happy to sign that legislation that says, okay, we're going to remove assault weapons. We're going to have an assault weapons ban. We're going to remove assault weapons. He's happy, to, he's happy to sign a piece of legislation he agrees with 100%. Well, you don't say. That's a hell of a compromise on behalf of the president right there. You're willing to, if, if Congress gives him everything that he wants, he is happy to sign it. To remove, remove. Confiscation. There's a, the question was about Beta O'Rourke. Hell yeah, we're coming for your AR-15. Hell yeah. Totally, dude. We're doing it, man. Come on, Beavis. Let's go. So there you go. There's your White House. This is uh, dangerous ground. Now we go to Morning Joe, the intellectual hub, the intellectual salon of the left. Swear to God, as sick as it is, that's, that's where the brain trust on the left comes from. And Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough is describing hell here. No, he's not talking about his marriage to Mika. That's a different type of hell. 
But, you know, third time's the charm for him in marriages. Uh, he is describing a world where it is genuine authoritarianism, genuine totalitarianism. Now, these are people who on a daily basis tell you Donald Trump is history's greatest monster. Donald Trump is a would-be dictator. Donald Trump is this. Meanwhile, they are describing a world where you're, they're advocating for it. They're calling for it. And they don't seem bright enough to pick up on it. Where rights are dependent upon government. What rights are dependent upon polls where your rights are not absolute, your rights are not guaranteed, your rights are not protected. It is straight up fascism. Listen to Joe Scarborough. Thank you. You know, we, we always love to say, oh, we've got this problem in America, American culture, Americans of this. Amer Why don't we just call it what it is? It's the radical fringe. Mm -hmm. It's the 10 percent. It's this. We'd have universal background check if 90 percent of Americans had their way. There would be right. a ban on military style weapons if two thirds of Americans had their way, according to a lot of polls through the years. Yeah. It's it's the radical fringe. And I just you know, I, you look at voting rights. You look at guns, abortion. you look at abortion, you look at all of these things. And I must say, I've always been a strong believer in uh, the filibuster. I've always loved the idea that the House is hot, the Senate cools things down. No more. It doesn't work. Mm. When 6% when of Americans can allow the continued proliferation of guns without background checks and the killing of children, it's time to get rid of the filibuster. When when voting rights can be threatened, and and again, majorities, overwhelming majorities want voting rights protected, but the radical minority can hide behind the filibuster and do it. Enough is enough. So don't you love it? Look, when people won't give me what I want, enough is enough. Yes, I support rights, and I support the filibuster, and I support this, but when it prevents me from getting what I want, well, enough of that. I've had enough of that. It's time to change it. But it's Republicans who are the problem. It is Republicans who are the totalitarians. It is the Republicans who are desperately trying to impose their will on everybody else. And the Democrats who go, oh, well, if you're not going to give me what I want, I'll take it. I will change the rules. Now, you've got to love you go, this radical minority, this radical minority. He used to be a member of that radical minority, by the way. But, you know, the, the checks were bigger from MSNBC. Uh, a radical minority. That radical minority, Joe, just won the House of Representatives. They just won the House of Representatives, that radical minority. That, to me, makes them a majority. Right, There was no national election last time. The closest thing you had to a national election was 435 separate House races across the country, everywhere, every district, every member of the House was up. Overwhelmingly, Republicans won, if you want to go the national popular vote. It's a meaningless statistic, but they use it when it suits their needs and ignore it when it doesn't. More people in the last election voted for Republicans than for Democrats. Now, yes. Well, the Republicans didn't do as well as they had thought they would. Yeah, no, they didn't. It doesn't change anything. If you're going to sit there and try and discredit the presidency of Donald Trump because he lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton, 
you can make the same argument against it. You say, well, California voted overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton. That was, of course, California has a lot of people. California's electoral votes are what matters. Well, the popular vote, maybe more people came out and voted for Republicans in Republican districts than came out and voted for Democrats in Democrat districts. It's true. The end result is the same. Republicans had more votes. More Republicans than Democrats actually won the election, unlike Hillary Clinton. So you can't say in any stretch of the imagination that they are a minority of any kind, let alone a radical minority. You say they are a majority. You can dislike the majority, but they are, in fact, the majority, just by simple rules of math. You want to factor in the Senate, only a third of the Senate was up. The closest thing we had to a national election was for the House of Representatives, and the Republicans overwhelmingly won. Joe, but you know your cocktail parties that you attend in Manhattan when you're there occasionally, but usually in Florida when you're down there, they are echo chambers. It's not just the noise rattling around your wife's vacant head that is an echo chamber. They're Pauline Kale. I don't know how Richard Nixon won. Nobody I know voted for him. Yeah, it's kind of a you problem, don't you think, Joe? That's enough for this week, I should say. You should be able to start your weekend in peace. Should you not, go and have some joy. Go forth and prosper. Golf, drink, relax, chillax, have sex, whatever it is that you do on the weekends. Enjoy it. Cook some charred animal flesh over an open flame. Damn it. Just enjoy it. Live life to the fullest. Happy, happy weekend to you. Appreciate you listening. I'll see you hopefully at patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com uh, right around midnight to uh, have the week in effing review because boy howdy this week needs to effing be reviewed and don't forget to enter the contest trump ivanka trump versus mike huckabee for autographed books appreciate it see you later